Ebullient greetings. I'm your host, Jackie Bird of Jackie Bird Spiritual Wellness, your guide to stress and anxiety relief, mindfulness, awareness, self-care, self-love, and personal growth. Welcome and thank you for joining me as we roll with peace in mind. Today's riff is Are You On The Right Train? Riding On The Urge. These episodes feature people who are doing their thing, they follow their heart and their passion, and they create how they want, what they want, when they want, and they are riding on the right train. Today's spotlight is Ogalyn Jolly. But before you hear from her, I want to tell you about a workshop that's coming up tomorrow and Saturday and Sunday. It's called Bust Your Stress, Connect to Your Joy. It's a meditation and journaling workshop. You want some joy with that stress? The more stressed we are, the more joy gets squeezed out of our existence. We expect stress, but what about joy? So be sure to join me either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, May 14th, 15th, or 16th. And if you're hearing this after this workshop has passed already, not to worry, check my website. There's always something else coming up. And at the end of this month on May 30th is my end of the month guided meditation. So run, not walk. Get thee to my website, JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com. And without further ado, here comes my guest. I, as always, am so honored to have my guests come talk to me and you know, spend some time with me. And I have a very long time old friend. I call her OJ, but her name is Ogalyn Jolly. So I am honored to be here, Jackie Bird. OJ, tell us where you're from and what you do. Well, currently I live in New York City and I am a knitwear designer and educator but I was born upstate New York, Saratoga Springs. I haven't been there probably since we left when I was two years old. I probably haven't oh, wow. spent more than two weeks there. But wow. I grew up in Rhode Island, the beautiful ocean state. What's so there. awesome is that OJ and I have been friends for more than half our lives. How about that? How about wow. that? Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm just going to love on her for a minute, y'all. What is so wonderful and valuable to me is that, you know, sometimes it's hard, especially as you get older, to make friends. <laughs> you know, people come in and out of your life, you know, they, they come in and out of your lives. But when you've had a friend that's been in your life pretty much for your life, that's really special. And um, OJ, you've been such a great support to me and a big, huge cheerleader in my endeavors. And I appreciate you so much. Oh, JB. I know, I know. I really got all. I know. I know. Oh, God, here we are crying now. I know. (laughs) Oh, thank you, my dear, dear, dear friend, for being (laughs) there for decades. Yeah, we got all wussy on y'all. What the heck? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I had to get that out there, you know. So, having said that, that we've been friends for more than half our lives at this point. One thing that's valuable about having a friend for so long is you get to see them develop. You get to see them flourish. And you and I started off in the show Sophisticated Ladies. That is correct. 
Right. Many years ago. Many years ago. Now, <laughs> sure did you, you did the national, right? I did. Yeah, I did the yeah. national for national international, and then uh, the bus and truck. Yeah. Yeah, I met you on my first equity gig. Ah. <laughs> it was my first. And for those uh -huh. of you that equity at Actors Equity is the union for theater performers. So that was back then it was a big deal to get your equity card. A big, big, big deal. And OJ was I was I was a swing and I was covering your your slot. Yep. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and and so you were one of the first people I knew of to leave the industry. Like just really? poof. Yes. Oh wow. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. You, yeah. Uh -huh. You just it was like we did the mm -hmm. we did the the national right and international. Mm -hmm. I got bumped off the international part of the show, but you did the international and then we did the bus and truck together. That was an mm -hmm. eight month whew, Odyssey. Yes. And you were done. You were like, I'm out. Oh After yeah, yeah. I had sort of been planning for a while. I knew that as much as I loved performing as much as I love the physical act of dancing mm -hmm. you know when the body is good it feels right. so good to be yeah. and also working with a, a group that you know camaraderie of rehearsals and you mm -hmm. know getting shown I love mm -hmm. that as much as I love that there were other things I was interested in and the old body was not holding up right. uh, the, the pain was not worth it <laughs> I know that's right yeah. that's that is when it's time to just go okay yeah but what was cool was like I said you were one of the first you were actually the first person I knew to leave the industry and just you just embarked upon a whole new Bro, talk about that, please. Yeah, well, there were other things I was interested in, and I kept looking because I knew I was going to be leaving the business. In mm. fact, I had this thing. I was either going to be famous by 30 or I was going to be out of there. <laughs> you know, the idea was if I became famous by 30, it would mean I could write my own tickets. I wouldn't necessarily mm. have to do the things that hurt my body. Right. But anyway, there were other things I was interested in, and I kept exploring them. And I think, I, you know, I'm really going back uh, trying to remember my thought process many years ago mm. but I think it was if I uh, had a job while I was 30 I would continue that job till it was over and wow. um, so I did have a job I think the bus and truck was the the job I booked before I was 30 and I finished it to the end and then I was done and I fortunately I had already found out what I wanted to do Mm. The international tour we went to Japan as you know you eventually went with the same show to Japan right that's right I sure did <laughs> but, I got there but, anyway but, um, <laughs> and it was a time when uh you know all these fabulous Japanese fashion things were popular mm -hmm. and we were right there and so I got to see all these fabulous sweaters when I saw the some Isimayake sweaters and some mm. uh from the late Kanzai, his uh, sweaters. I just thought, okay, that's what I want to do. I want to learn how to make sweaters, how to mm -hmm. design sweaters, how to knit sweaters. And uh, I knew I didn't want to hand knit them. I knew about knitting machines because mm -hmm. I swear when I was a child, I saw a commercial with a, like a toy knitting machine. And I acquired a knitting machine right after that tour, started working, took a few lessons. Mm -hmm. I, um, Later, when I booked the bus and truck, I had a travel case 
made for my that's right machine I that's right carry it yeah I still, that's right that was one it. of my allowed pieces of luggage because you know who needs clothes when you can carry a knitting machine right <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> carried my knitting machine go into the bus that. right and you know what it's like in some places you have lots of time on your hands yes. during the day. so I just set up in the hotel room and practice my moves. Later on, um, when I got off the tour, I took some serious knitting lessons mm -hmm. and uh, honed my skills, started working for a few people right. here and there. And that's how it began. <laughs> wow. But you know, you re I forgot about you having that knitting machine on tour. I totally forgot about that. That's right. Because you would be, because yeah, sometimes we had a lot of downtime. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. And I remembered you, we wouldn't see you until the showtime because you would be in your room knitting. Yeah. And, right. And I remember coming to visit you after the tour was over. We were back, mm -hmm. back in town mm -hmm. and you were really, really like cooking in terms of moving into another gear with your knitting. How did you navigate moving from something you'd done at that point for your, your life into this new arena where you knew no one, right? That's right. <laughs> <Completely>. <laughs> no one. <laughs> well, it happened to be, I'll call it the golden age of machine knitting, of mm. uh, home machine knitting, let me put it that way. So I had a domestic, a little knitting machine, but there were machine knitting guilds, just uh, organizations in different regions of the country and I would attend meetings. There was one uh, locally in the New York City area. I would attend meetings and the home knitters would exchange skills. So I got to meet people that way. Mm. And then I took classes at uh, FIT and Parsons School of Design. One of my best teachers, I, I can't even find words to describe her, Susanna Lewis taught at Parsons, I got to study with her and she had written this book, Machine Knitter's Guide to Creating Fabrics, which was just the book. In fact, machine knitters call it Bible, the home mm. machine, it, you know, just really, really good. It's, it's still good today, even though many of the machines she mentions in the book are no longer manufactured. Uh -huh. But uh, as far as theory and principles go, it's a really great book. And I got to study with her at Parsons and uh, wow. So I, you know, little by little, I got to meet people mm -hmm. um, through the Machine Knitting Guild. There were some designers who would go, I guess, just to hone their skills or people who right. were just starting businesses. And so I got to meet them and I got to work for them, uh, mm -hmm. production work for them here and there. Oh, my and So that's yeah. little by little. That's how I got my foot in the door. I got my toes wet. Yeah. So you yeah. just started to go and put yourself out there and meet and connect with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and what's so wonderful is you've come full circle. Those two places that you studied at, you are now on the faculty. Oh, that's right. I'm on uh, part-time faculty at each of those places. Yeah. That yeah. is just so awesome. So I remember you were knitting swatches for people. Yeah, that was uh, one of the most fun jobs I ever did, and I still enjoy doing it. And the reason it's so great is that you get to use a whole bunch of skills and just a, you know, a little piece of fabric, and you just put it in there. And when you, my favorite part is uh, creating or developing stitch patterns, a complete small 
piece mm-hmm. and it doesn't take too long the thinking may take a long time but the you know the knitting won't take a long time and i i loved that uh you took time off to have to raise a child i did that yes <laughs> you know um a very very responsible young man when we reconnected we were both at that point of okay what am i gonna do with myself <laughs> that's right because for you the whole swatch thing had kind of dried up yeah it um well it dried i kind of left for a little bit because uh we were homeschooling our son um my husband and i ken and i were homeschooling him so that takes a lot of time and mm-hmm. uh, when my son became about six or so i kind of had to leave the business while i was gone the whole knitting industry changed and not only that people i knew were no longer with the industry they had passed away or they had retired mm-hmm. uh, or they'd moved away moved on wow. so yeah i kind of had to start again yeah but you know this is one of the reasons i find your story so compelling okay now what do i do this is something i love how do I, I don't always like using the word reinventing, you know, cause it's like, you know, you just make different choices. Oh, she reinvented herself. <laughs> well, she was, she's still who she is, but she's doing something different. So, I mean, but you were like, okay, now how do I get back in with the new playing field? And right. a lot of people are in that position now where yeah. they've stepped away to raise a family mm-hmm. and they come back out and things are very different. Yeah. Fortunately, not everyone, I have to correct myself, not everyone had left. I did have uh, one associate who helped me with a couple of interviews. Mm -hmm. And I suppose just uh, putting myself online. It's amazing how many connections I've made by just having a a website trying to, you know, uh, post regularly. The reason I'm reacting here is because Mm -hmm. So many, particularly young black people starting out with their businesses do not have websites. Oh. <laughs> you have Instagram uh. and you think that that's it. Oh, no, 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 no. And yeah. Facebook. Well. School yeah. MOJ. <laughs> yeah, the, the website is it. It establishes you as a real entity, not just someone who has an account on right whatever, Instagram or Facebook Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's a place where people can see a little bit about your past, Mm -hmm. see what you are currently doing, and it basically legitimizes you. Yes. So I've had many people reach out to me through the uh, the website, through the contact page, through the form, and uh, I've made several connections that way, yeah. And so as you reemerged into the industry and your contact was helping you with a couple of interviews and you set up an online presence in terms of having a website, your career has kind of morphed and shifted. Can you talk about some of that journey? Yeah, I originally, when I got back in, I learned that my position no longer existed. In other words, my position making swatches, uh, developing swatches for other people didn't really exist as a, you know, an occupation anymore. Mm. I had to figure out what it was. And I 
did want to do for a while. I even considered maybe I won't go back to knitting. Maybe there's something else. I had all this experience with homeschooling, but maybe something along there. I mean, we were working on a book for a long time. Yes. And it's great. We have to get back to it sometime. And I'm glad <laughs> that you said that because I was thinking maybe within the last couple of months, we had this really great book we had started writing. Yeah. And I wanted to know if you wanted to go back to it at some point. At some point. Yes, <laughs> yes. So stay tuned, y'all. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> and it was so much fun writing it. Yes, it was. It was. I, I love the premise story where it was going. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we have to pick that up. All yeah. right. So you were considering whether to continue in the industry. Yeah, I didn't know how to find my way. And then I, you know, I was going to do patterns for the machine knitters and there really didn't seem to, I couldn't connect with that many machine knitters at the time. Mm -hmm. But there were people, former acquaintance, former colleague had asked me if I could create some machine knit fabric for her because she was now retired. She was used to, uh, you know, getting the best uh, sweater knit fabrics. Mm -hmm. And she was no longer able to get them where she was. So she asked me to do it, which I did. And it led to another one and mm -hmm. another one. And then I realized that there probably is some sort of market for machine knitted fabrics, for sweater knit fabrics, because the ones that are available were either all synthetic fibers mm -hmm. or uninteresting. So I started looking for a way to get my designs produced and if i do that then i could sell yardage to mm -hmm. the sewing industry to the especially the home sewers who don't have access to it and they want to cut and sew sweaters mm -hmm. so even though i had primarily done sweaters that were full fashion meaning that you make each piece to shape there was a whole market i saw of people who sewed who wanted to simply cut and sew the sweaters and that's a whole wow. other sweater market mm -hmm. um but the problem was i didn't have any factory connections that did yardage so <laughs> i had to search for that and i didn't know how to really do it no one people would help me but then the mills the knitting mills were you know far away they were in right. new england or they were in ohio mm -hmm. in california eventually like after about a year i found one in new jersey i found one in the bronx <laughs> <laughs> so i would contract the mills to knit some of my designs as fabric mm -hmm. and I sold them uh, by the yard to uh, interested sewing people <laughs> you know people yeah. it, um, home sewers mostly mm -hmm. but um, occasionally I get uh, like a television studio who wanted to connect or uh, you know a designer or several actually emerging designers they're just starting and maybe they were doing sportswear and they wanted to have some sort of fabric uh, wow. to do a cut and sew sweater. So I worked with a, a bunch of people mm -hmm. that way. I was able to get connected because of a website. Yes. <laughs> they were fine. Yes. People would find me. Yeah. yeah, it's really important to have a website. Somebody can go to your website and get, especially if it's, you know, well done and well thought out can get an idea of what kind of person they're going to be dealing with. You know, what, what is their platform? What is their mission statement? What is, you know, how they get started that you get a, a more well-rounded view of this person that you're about to purchase from. You 
ask the question, how do I do this? And you listen to, you know, what was coming to you and just following leads. And, you know, timing is everything. It's like sometimes it doesn't happen when you want it to happen or when you mm -hmm. think it should happen or, but you were patient, you kept looking. Cause I remember that part of the journey. Where you, you yeah. Know, yeah. Looking for somebody well. to produce your fabrics. And you also right. were having some issues with places, if I remember correctly, that didn't want to take your account because it wasn't enough. Oh, absolutely. That was uh, a big thing. I, you know, I was just starting out. Obviously I, I can't do those large minimum orders. Right. So <laughs> I was fortunate to find these places that were willing mm -hmm. to work with uh, a smaller order. Mm -hmm. You know, my theory is, okay, you're going to tell me no, but somebody's going to tell me yes. <laughs> somebody's going to tell me yes, yeah. doggone it, yeah. you know? So you had that tenacity and you just kept at it. So as you started to sew the patterns, but then other things started coming your way in terms of uh, doing classes, lessons, and... Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the first one was, but... Um, Eventually, I ended up at FIT. <laughs> 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 you know, and for those of you that don't know FIT, Google it. FIT is like one of the premier fashion schools, period. Not just in New York, just period. <laughs> but, uh, which was a, it was a pleasure and, and, and fun to teach. It's, it's so great teaching a whole bunch of eager fashion designers. Some of them never even mm. go into knitwear, but they want to broaden their knowledge. And so uh, the introduction to knitwear design is required class. So all fifth semester students have to take it. So I get oh, a wow. whole range of a fifth semester fashion design students, a large class fifth semester. So there are several machine knitting teachers, but you know, I, I got to teach quite a few classes that know. is so awesome and now yeah. you're at parsons as well yeah yeah that they have He's not so done modest, any studio He's so modest <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna say so they haven't done any studio classes since the pandemic so even though i'm officially a part-time lecturer as it's called no classes fit we were able to translate classes to a home knitting environment where we teach the same machine knitting skills, but on what's called a, a knit loom. Parsons, they're trying to figure out how they're going to bring the studio classes back. Mm -hmm. But so far, you know, last semester, yeah. you know, nothing yet. So uh -huh. I enjoyed teaching there though um, so much. It's a big, bright studio and a small classes and students are extremely eager to learn. Oh, fact, so many of them. Pleasure. Yeah. And many of them actually contact me after they leave the class just to ask me about something. Oh, that's <laughs> that so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always good to hear what they're doing mm -hmm. and to see that they are still interested in machine editing. Oh, that's so nice. I advise that's awesome. some of them on, you know, what machines to get and Speaking of what machines to get, yeah. you want to talk about what machine to get? Oh, well, there's this one. Yes, <laughs> talk about this. This is uh, my newest, and I'm truly enjoying it. It's called Knitterate, three or four years ago. It was a Kickstarter project, and I'd been following one of the founders of the company for quite a while on Twitter, I guess. Mm. And I followed him through his earlier 
uh, knitting machine, hoping that, uh, you know, it would come to market soon or the instructions or something would be available. Mm -hmm. Literally, you know, made it himself. But then wow. this thing was developed. And so, yeah, I jumped right on it when it was on Kickstarter. <laughs> so I got one of the very first machines and I'm quite thrilled to be working with it. It's, um, it's like a mini industrial machine. It sits on a mm. table mm. and, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. And now, Hey, now I'm an independent contractor working with a company. I do demonstrations <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um and that so, went from following this man on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we corresponded after I was an early bird backer machine mm -hmm. and Kickstarter, uh, just because I wanted to see how we could, you know, maybe we could do some sort of project with my FIT students at the time and mm -hmm. so on. I think we corresponded about something else too. And eventually I was asked if I wanted to be a Niterate ambassador. So I'm the wow. North American Niterate ambassador. Oh, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh. I mean, what is this so wonderful? Again, it's, you know, going from not knowing how to step back into an industry that years prior to that, you stepped into not knowing anyone to being an ambassador for Well, the name I mean, is kind of fancy ambassador, you know. It's oh, like I like I ambassador. A... We're going to keep that. We're going to keep that. a consulate that. or anything. Or... No, we don't like ambassador. <laughs> I like that. No, that, I mean, that just shows that you got to stay with it and not give up, you know. Yeah. Stick, stick to your uh, dreams. Don't give up because the way that they manifest, you don't know what that's going to be. So it, I think it's just such a great example of what's possible. Yeah, I think the idea is if you have a great interest and passion maybe mm -hmm. in something, it's not necessary that you get to do it right away the way right. you want to do it. Mm -hmm. But if you talk about it with whoever will listen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you let it be known, you know, spread the word out into the, mm -hmm. you know, into the cosmos. <laughs> might as well go big. <laughs> yeah, might as well go big. <laughs> eventually you make, you know, eventually you make connections with other people who are interested. And uh, mm -hmm. sometimes good things develop out of those connections that you make. Yeah. Oh, man, that is so great. So currently... You, first of all, you did one already, right? For Vogue Knitting, a, a oh, workshop? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yes, uh, talk uh -huh. about that. Yeah, okay. So this is someone who didn't find me originally to my website. She found me originally through Instagram. We need <laughs> to have then, that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need both. But, right. so I was approached and asked to teach at the next, what they call it, Virtual Knitting Live by Vogue Knitting. Vogue Knitting has, before a pandemic, Vogue Knitting used to have various knitting conventions, I'll call them, mm -hmm. uh, three or four times a year in various locations. But wow. as we all did, they had to shift things around. Mm -hmm. And so now, it seems every month, they're having these little online live knitting events and what I'm thrilled with is it used to be primarily a hand knitting. They'd maybe have mm. one machine knitting course, but mm -hmm. now they have several machine knitting courses. So I'm not the only machine knitting 
teacher wow. there. There are, I think, maybe five. And okay. They have offer about ten classes in machine knitting, which is wonderful. And it's almost a, a throwback to when I first started machine knitting, where there used to be、mm-hmm. machine knitting conferences,、mm-hmm. and machine knitting was more integrated with、uh, hand knitting. My goodness, that is fin- fantastic. Okay, I was trying to say two words. It was like, which one's going to come out first? Oh, so I'll say fantastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, it, terms, it is. It's great that's happening. Yeah, that that's so awesome. So wait a minute. These people just approached you. You had not. Yeah, I was just asked to do it, and then I didn't know. You know, I wondered what topic will I do,、mm-hmm. and I have、um, a Facebook group that's mostly for. The cut and sew aspect of my business. I teach a course、uh, online, my own course on、mm-hmm. how to cut and sew a sweater, and I have a Facebook group mainly for people who sew. But I found that there were all these machine knitters who also wanted to cut and sew. And, wow!、Um, many of them are in the group, and so I just posed to the group.、Uh, I've been asked by an organization to teach、uh, for the machine knitters in the group. You know, what are your suggestions?、And、I、mm. gave a few suggestions. But one person came up with this topic, which was a topic called "Creative Starts for Your Machine Knitted Sweater," which goes into details on how you start a machine knitted sweater.、Mm. And it's a, a beginner's class. Sometimes people learn how to cast on, and they learn how to do this.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> But there's so much more,、mm. and you can be a beginner. And you can add creativity to just a simple sweater by just having something fancy at the beginning. The, these、hmm. starts, you know, you start at the bottom of the sweater. So these starts go at the bottom of the front, the back, or the bottom、mm-hmm. of the sleeve, like a, a cuff.、Uh-huh. And that was suggested by someone. And、um, I think it was the second most voted, you know, the high, second highest one. And I thought that's an interesting. You know that's an interesting topic, and I bet、mm-hmm. uh, I'm so glad that、um, person name is Fiona. Wow! <laughs> I'm so glad she suggested it. Uh huh. And、uh, wow! And that was smart to ask. Oh, I on your part. I've learned to rely <laughs> on、uh, the people who are interested just to find out what they what want. What it is exactly、right. that they're interested in? Yeah. And okay, so you mentioned that you have a cut and sew course that you teach, yes. Yes. and that's available. That's available online、uh, through my website.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a course because I was doing yardage, and a lot of people who sew were having trouble—not with my fabric necessarily, because I hadn't <laughs> put my fabric out yet. But、uh-huh. um, you know, there are cutting and sewing sweaters. There are a whole bunch of new sewing patterns for cut and sew sweaters. The the major pattern companies have released them, and there are a whole bunch of independent pattern designers who have released sewing patterns for sweaters.、Hmm. And、um, people who sew were simply having trouble because it's a little tricky until you get the idea.、Mm-hmm. So and plus and as I said, I was about to release my、uh, my yardage too. So it, I saw a need. Right. So I right. I created the, the class, and as I said, not only sewists enroll, but、uh, a lot of machine knitters who、uh, who want an easy way to make a sweater. 
Because mm-hmm. you know, as a candidate, you know, you, there are a lot of, it gets complex with the increases and decreases. Yes, and it does. Shaping all that. Yes. So this way, if the beginners already have sewing skills, especially, they mm-hmm. can go jump directly from beginner machine knitter to fancy sweater. Just using nice. your sewing skills. Yeah. Nice. That's a big incentive for people who want it now. Yep. <laughs> they want, you know, they want instant. So that that's really good. So folks, reach out to LJ. I'm gonna have all that her contact information in the description and show notes for this episode. But just how can people find you? Oh, the best way, the hub is my website. And it is ojolly.net. That's O J O L L Y dot net. And there are connections to all my various enterprises right there. See, and that's the other advantage of having a website because everything that you do can be right there for people to check and make sure when you go to OJ's site, join her mailing list. Yes. Please do. Yeah. Join her mailing list. All, that way you can news. keep up with her. Yeah. yeah, you can keep up with her because she's got a bunch of stuff going on. So, OJ, in terms of where you are in this moment, what are you cooking up in terms of dreams? It's funny for me to say this after going through everything we've just spoken about, but I'm dreaming of simplifying things just a I little see. bit. Yeah. Um, very often... Feast or famine. Mm-hmm. And I am so lucky I am feasting right now. I love it. <laughs> but I, love it. I just want to sort of mellow things out a bit mm-hmm. and just pick projects that I particularly want to do and I have a, a great desire to do. And, you know, I know what they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's not the problem. Mm-hmm. But I need to make time for this and to blend it with my my personal life right now everything's you know jamming up against each other Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's my dream i love it thank you so much for just giving us so much wisdom because it's interesting that we hear the journey but also now the desire to simplify and that's important for people to hear you know so thank you so much oj Oh, we tried to get awesome. this woman for months. <laughs> Jackie, it's always a delight talking with you. I, I yeah, love you. I love you too. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed that and was thoroughly, thoroughly inspired and uplifted by what you heard. If you are in a situation currently that is unfulfilling to you, be it a job or a career you've been pursuing, and you feel like there's something else that you really want to do or you already know what that is, get quiet, sit still, breathe in and out deeply, and begin to envision what that is that you wish to create. And remember, there's nothing too big. It's only small ideas. Think big and write that down. What is it that you wish to create? Write it down, put it in your phone, speak it out loud to people that are supportive of you and go for it, go for it. Don't delay, start now, even if you plot in your mind what your escape plan is going to be, but go for it. This life is meant to be lived to the fullest. 
take advantage no matter what is happening in your life right now. There can always be room to create more. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to visit JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com. Join my mailing list. I've got workshops coming up, as I mentioned earlier in the program. I have audiobooks, guided meditation videos, and audio and meditation music, everything for inspiration and to help you relieve stress, increase your mindfulness and awareness and presence. And remember to always roll with peace in mind.